Good morning. Oh, thanks. How old? Uh, 37. Do you believe that? Just a baby. Just getting warmed up. I saw a post the other day that said, um, I don't make a mistake uh, once. I make it five or six times to make sure. And I was just giving myself time to do that. Uh, well, my name is Ben, and uh, I'm the director of worship arts, um, and so normally I'm up here playing music and, and singing songs and stuff, but uh, thank you, Zach and the band, for taking over today. You did a great job. <laughs> We're going through a series, uh, The Gospel of John, The Word Made Flesh, and if you've been at Highlands for a while, you'll know that you know, we don't typically take a book of the Bible and walk straight through it like we are right now, um, but for this time... And the season this church is in, it seemed like a good idea. And uh, a neat thing about going through a book of the Bible like that is that it forces us as a church to walk through and deal with some topics that we otherwise would probably walk around. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not sure that's one of those today, but just to say that there's, there's a lot of value uh, in doing that. So last week, uh, Kevin talked about Nicodemus. And uh, if you're looking for that, by the way, online, we'll get it there. Um, we've been transitioning and trying to upgrade some things in the booth, and sometimes things get messed up. So uh, that's on me, and I'm trying to, trying to work out uh, getting that sermon available to you so you can hear it from last week. So that'll be there soon. Hang with us. Um, and in summary, if you missed last week, Kevin talked about Nicodemus. He's a religious man of high standing that tries to have an encounter with Jesus unseen in the middle of the night. And today we talk about perhaps the complete opposite, a broken woman at a well in Samaria. And we find Jesus going out of his way to interact with somebody not of any high reputation or religious authority, but the complete opposite. So here's the simple plan for today. Uh, in part one, uh, we're going to just walk through this story in John 4 of uh, Jesus with the woman at the well in Samaria. Um, I'll take some time to explain things along the way. So we'll take our time through that, that uh, section today. And uh, so don't be surprised if I pause a little bit and talk. In part two, I'll just talk about why it matters, which is helpful. Uh, before we go and dig into God's Word, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, and we just come to you before we open your words, and we acknowledge who you are, and that you've written them with strong intent, with, uh, with the goal of, of helping us to see you more clearly and be closer to you. God, help the words that you've spoken through your Holy Bible to come alive to us this morning. Help those words to speak to us. Help us to have the courage and uh, to follow through and listen. Amen. Okay, let's get into uh, this story. This is John chapter 4. Jesus and a Samaritan woman. Jesus, in verse 1, uh, he says... Uh, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. 
So though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, the disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. The Pharisees were getting a little jumpy. So Jesus said, let's get out of town for a bit and let them settle down for a minute. <laughs> not my time to deal with this. Just, yeah, this, this is kind of like mom going, not now. Next verse, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Had to go through Samaria. Samaria is a place that Jews went out of their way to avoid because Jews and Samaritans did not get along. If you look at the word had to, it's really interesting. You get this Greek word. I have no idea how to say it. I'm going to be honest. I Googled it. Uh, Edii? I don't know. But it means, if you take that word had to, it means absolutely necessary. It was binding on. Jesus went out of his way to go through Samaria because he had to go through Samaria on the way. Really important. Verse 5, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Now let me ask you a question. When is the time to go to the well in the hot summer sun in the middle of summer? Early morning, late in the evening? This is one of those things that you see and you go, something is wrong here. It's the middle of the day and nobody is at the well but Jesus and this woman. Something's wrong here. Uh, it's the thing you see and you go, something's not right here. Let's take a look at these pictures because something is not right. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. If that was a four-wheeler, somebody is speaking higher now. Uh, next picture is a very, what in the world happened here? That's a prosthetic leg and a baby bottle. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened here, but I bet it was epic. <laughs> this is like seeing, seeing someone at the well at noon in Samaria is like seeing somebody take a jog in Paso at one o'clock in the afternoon in August, <laughs> right? Because you see that and you just kind of go, something is not right here. They're not jogging, they're running from something. Verse 9, the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I'm going to save you a lot of time here and just say that between the Jews and Samaritans, stuff happened, okay? Some real estate got involved, a temple got involved, the grandbabies don't get along, stuff happened. The Jews did not look kindly on Samaritans. In fact, they just routinely went out of their way around Samaria to not have a chance at crossing paths with a Samarian or Samaritan. These are the Samaritans and the Jews. These are like the Lakers and the Celtics. Okay? 
This is uh, Vikings and Packers. <laughs> Republicans and Democrats. Cal Poly Mustangs and, if you're a soccer fan, Gauchos. I can barely say it. <laughs> the Paso Robles Bearcats and the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I figured, yeah, okay. I figured I would get a, a mixed uh, answer on that one. Broncos... Panthers. <laughs> Just today. And the funny thing is, starting today, here starts that rivalry. For the, every time they play from here on out, you're going to see both of those teams kind of, oh, I just hate that team. <laughs> Whether they win or they lose. These two groups of people do not like each other. And Jesus jumps in and breaks the barrier. In verse 10, Jesus replies, if you only knew the gift God had, has for you and who you are speaking to, then you'd ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. See, in this moment, Jesus is taking a casual conversation in the line at the grocery market, and he's changing it to a purposeful, spiritual conversation. Because in 16, it gets a little bit intense. He says, go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the, one, to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now, it's really important that we notice here that Jesus speaks the truth to this woman at the well, but he doesn't condemn her. We may read that passage and think, Jesus is speaking to this woman and he's somehow damning her or judging her. But I want to offer a different perspective. What was the number one reason women found themselves divorced in these days? Men got rid of them because... That's right. A lot of times the men, it was, it was grounds for divorce if a woman couldn't bear a child. So as, as likely as it is maybe that we read this and see Jesus really coming down on this girl for what she's been through and having five husbands, it's also very likely that he's compassionately releasing her with truth and saying, honey, I know what you've been through. Five men have rejected you because you couldn't give them what they wanted. It's just a perspective to think about. I'm not going to write a book about that, you know. But it's a perspective to think about in context with what's going on in this culture. Because if you look at how this text goes next, it's clear that she's not offended by what Jesus has said, but she's freed. 19. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim? where our ancestors worshipped. Maybe trying to change the subject a little bit right there. In 21, Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming 
When it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Has anybody ever seen the show Undercover Bosses? Okay, what happens next is kind of like that times a million. 25, she says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus tells her, I am the Messiah. (laughs) It's one thing to encounter a prophet at noon at the well. Another thing to encounter Jesus. There's an awkward pause and her eyes get big and the disciples conveniently interrupt while she processes what Jesus has just said. In 27, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And they start questioning, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. This is hilarious to me because Jesus has to stop the disciples, a group of men, and has to say, Guys, there are bigger things going on right now than lunch. Okay? I'm sure that's never been said to any of you men in this room. For me, it's daily. It's something between that and I'm not done with my food yet. Like, don't eat mine. Um, It's so funny. And some of you are thinking, Ben, get on with it. There's a game this afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go, go. Um, Let's skip down to 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then he says to the woman, now then he said to the woman, now we be, then they said to the woman, sorry, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. What an amazing story. So in summary, the Pharisees get a little jumpy. Jesus decides to get out of town for a bit. He has to stop by a well in a place that he normally would ignore as a Jew. He encounters a woman at the well. He has this amazing conversation. He frees her. He sends her out, and she becomes the first evangelist recorded in the book, in the gospel of John. And many are saved. What an amazing story. 
We're up to part two already, and that's why does this matter? Because there are a lot of things we could talk about in this scripture. But what we see in John 4 is summed up in one big theme, and that's the theme of worship. That's what I'm going to focus on today. And you'll notice I'm not going to talk at all about music because it's such a small part of the picture of worship. It's an expression of worship. What is worship? It's the expression of reverence and adoration. The Bible teaches that our worship is our living response to God's goodness. And the point of the story is this, that we tend to go through life chasing and worshiping things that bring temporary satisfaction. And Jesus is sitting next to the well or those things offering something much better. In this story, the woman from Samaria comes to the well looking to get by for that day. And Jesus looks at her and just says, no more of that. I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what's happened to you. And let's see if this crowd gets it. As Bob Newhart famously said, just stop it. That's a great skit, by the way. He's a wonderful counselor. Not so much. Pastor uh, Matt Chandler from uh, Village Church in Texas talks about the wells that we go to instead of Jesus for these temporary fixes. And he says in his estimation there are three, three main wells in our culture, the things that we worship instead of God. And those three categories are comfort, money, relationships, and approval. So this quote from Matt Chandler is in reference to those. He says, you can get almost a high from new stuff. Now we're in a perilous situation because in our day and age, what's new becomes old very, very quickly. Therefore, the high of what is new rarely even wears off before we replace it with something newer. So we go from trinket to toy, from trinket to toy, from new thing to new thing, and keep drawing from that well, and it feels good for a second. Those new clothes, that new house, the new car, the new gun, whatever you collect just feels good for a second and makes everything settle for a moment. And if given too long, it will lose its power and it will be time for something new. Apple has absolutely dialed into that and is owning He says it's intoxicating. And most of us are inebriated with the stuff of future garage sales enough to not realize that we're drinking sand. What a quote. The Bible gives us a man to look at that proves this theory as well. His name was Solomon. And here's a man that had everything we just talked about. He had money. He had comfort, relationships, sex, approval, respect. And by the end of his life, you find Solomon going, it doesn't work. He's just screaming, it doesn't work. When we look to these wrong wells for temporary satisfaction, we start to accrue these habits and this baggage. And Jesus wants us to follow him freely, but instead, out of our comfort or our guilt or our pride, we refuse to let go and we start living our lives walking around 
with these garbage bags over our shoulder of all the guilt and all the stuff that we've picked up along the way from going to the wrong wells. We carry the guilt of our past, the shame of our present. We settle for trinkets and toys that get us by today, and then we're back at the well the next day screaming, it doesn't work. And some of you are here today because in the last couple of days, the last weeks, the last month, something in you said, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Have you ever watched somebody do something that was so frustrating you just wanted to step in and go, stop it? That's a shallow comparison to the way God lovingly looks at us. But it helps us to understand sometimes that God isn't just angry at us or something. He just, it's a frustration of, I have something so much better for you. Stop it. Stop drinking sand. Stop going to that well. It doesn't work. But instead, we just stubbornly bear ourselves down chasing the wrong wells. And we start to pick up baggage. It holds us down and we just kind (laughs) of carry it with us. You ever feel like God is saying to you, stop going to that well? Because when I say that there's one or two or nine things that come up to you and you say, oh man, I need to quit going to that well. And it's a challenge for us because we're human to believe that the reason God tells us to stop going back to that well is is for our good because he doesn't want to see us weighed down at the well at noon in the scorching sun. God wants us to be able to let go of those things and just freely follow him. Let's take a little break and watch this clip. Hey, Kat. Jesus. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, what's that smell? Smell? Oh, um, well, that's my trash. I just, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Oh, well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do, so. Right, okay. Well, maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know, and then I'll just, I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um, okay. I'll take it from you so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh, well, I... Come on. Uh, just, uh, just hand it over. Uh, all, right? all right? Let go. Let go. Yes, yeah? Just, yeah? Yeah? Uh, How's that feel? Weird. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, just loosen it up a little Whoa, bit. check that out. I don't know if I've ever moved like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of trash. Whoa, I, it's just like... This is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I just, um, get used I, to feeling free, because that's yeah, what you are now. Right, okay. Uh, what okay. are you doing? I just, I gotta get one thing, okay? Hold on. Get one thing? No, 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 don't open the bag. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, 
I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. I will remind you not to make more trash, oh, okay? Oh, well, Jesus, you know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just... I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created it. Oh. Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat. When I look at you, I don't see your sin. I see you, the real you, the free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? Every day when we wake up, we get a choice as to which well is going to sustain us that day. Will you go to the well that Jesus offers or will you go back to the well that leaves you thirsty every time? Will we go back to the well that leaves us walking around with a trash bag over our shoulder, sneaking to the well at noon in the boiling sun? It's really tempting to go to that well sometimes too with Jesus there and we don't realize it all the time but sometimes we're not even after him. We're just wanting him to pull the rope up quicker (laughs) to what we want. But he's got something so much better for you without the baggage, without the burden, without the embarrassment. At Highlands, we've got a slogan that's been here for a while, and it says, where the journey begins. And if you are one this morning, like most of us, that have the habit of going from trinket to toy, from well to well, we invite you to a better well this morning. The journey can start here today. And the question is, which well will you draw from? We all meet Jesus like the Samaritan woman, okay? A little embarrassed, a little broken, a little confused. But daily we get to wake up and decide, which well am I going to choose today? If you need help sorting through those tempting wells, if you need help sorting through how to find that well that Jesus offers, then please talk to one of us. Write it on your communication card. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get lunch and we'll talk about it. Which well will you choose? Let's pray. God, we lift you up this morning because you're the one that frees us. You're the one that, that knows us. You know the trash. You know all the habits that we've got that seem to pull us away from you all the time. But God, you still pursue us and you still love us and you don't. That's not what you see. You just see us. 
God, give us the courage to believe that. Give us the courage to believe that you are not in love with some future version of ourselves, but that you love us for who we are, and you always have, and you always will. God, help us to let go of the stuff that drags us down. Help us to be, in its simplest form, happy in you. Help us to find our, our sustenance and the well that you offer us today. And so we pray this in your name uh, because you have the power to guide us through that. In Jesus' name, amen.